Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Nightly Podcast as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we're on Season 2, Episode 12 already, so I'm AJ. I'm Carlo. Hey, guys. This is Eric. And this is Dave. All right, so we had a, uh, a, a bad start to the week and a good finish, I guess. So uh, we yeah. started off uh, this past week with uh, the, the Minnesota games. Um, the, the Monday one, that, w- that one was, I think, painful. In, in one way and then the Wednesday one was painful in a different way so uh yeah m- Monday obviously no nobody could score um we got shut out so that that wasn't fun but well, then on Wednesday you only had one person score yeah that that had to be that was just crazy though like you know Coglin's like we're all like oh when's Coglin gonna get his goal is he gonna get it and then all of a sudden he gets three in one game now we're <laughs> just waiting for Colasar to get his hat trick yeah Buddy. You, you, you won't get a hat-trick this year. Yeah. You called it, AJ, on his hat-trick. I think Carlo did, too. We, I think we both put something yeah. on Twitter, like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't say, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't see yours, Carlo. Did, uh, was, was Monday's game, was that the game where the first shot went in and then nothing else went in after that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was the very the very first bad turnover shot. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It was Where just a really Theodore, bad mistake. Theodore, yeah, Theodore passed it right to him and first shot, went off the glove, went in, and they – that was it. Yeah, yeah, I don't call this a two-zero because that was an empty netter. The, the the second goal was an empty netter. Everything it was one-zero the whole game, and it was just ridiculous. And this was the game I thought the only good player I thought played well was Cody Glass. <laughs> and, uh, everybody everybody else kind of just sucked. Yeah, and then yeah, fast forward four days that. later, and he gets gets healthy scratched. Yeah, and then that game just bored me too. Yeah, it was just a boring game. Well, there's no no Stoner Petro, so like, yeah. it, it it was it was not a good game. <laughs> yeah, th- that was a game where I remember I t- uh, texted you guys where it's like it, it was I think it was around the second period when I was like, I feel like Cody Glass put the third line in his shoulders because he's playing, he's like trying really hard and he's everywhere right now. But to to a loss though because nobody could finish, could, nobody could beat. Uh, was the name name of their goalie Kakit? He's theoretically a rookie, so he could technically yeah. win rookie of the year. I mean, it's Calder's <laughs> going to to, to his a teammate. player on yeah, to his teammate Kirill. Yeah. Yeah. Dollar dollar bill Kirill. Yeah. But yeah, we, we got cock black on that one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what yeah. the Minnesota Wild fans call it when he gets a yeah. shout out. <laughs> uh, like as you said, you did send that text us. I remember that. And Glass was, was the only one who kind of seemed to have a visible effort in that game. Mm-hmm. Wait, so do we know that he was he was healthy scratched? He wasn't injured. Yeah. No, after after the, after the game, he said that they had talked all year that they were going to sporadically try to get some people some rest. Obviously, the only people that have gotten rest are bottom six players, or if somebody was injured. So yeah. I don't know how. That's just coach speak. Whatever he no. saw from Cody Glass that first game against St. Louis in the first period he did not like. Yeah. Dropped him down to the fourth line and then healthy scratched him for the second game of St. Louis. So well, technically you can say bottom five players because you're not going to bench Alex Tuck. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's why they call it the top seven, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as much as Cody Glass was good on that first Minnesota game, he was not good on that first Blues game. So I expect that from the, from the rookie, like inconsistencies, man. He just needs to really be more consistent. I'm still a little bit patient for Cody Glass. I, I still have high hopes for him, but uh, I, I, at some point we got to stop making excuses for him. To be honest with you, do you guys think he's just pressing and overthinking? 
I think that's a little bit part of it. Yeah. I, I just the and the the game seems to move faster than he wants to move this year so far. Like in a lot of situations, that's why I think he does so well in the power play, but not so great in five like even spring situations. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Nobody's doing good in the power play right now. Yeah, so. I was gonna say even the power play, like like early in the year when he was doing so good on the power play, you're like, okay, he can't come out. And then they go 15 straight power plays without getting anything. And then I'm sure even DeBoer thought the same thing. Like, okay, no reason to leave him. And like, they suck with him or without him. So they took him out. So I don't know. Um, I'm sure frustration starting to set in for him. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of stuff because he's, I don't know if it's pressing or if he's not able to catch up to the speed of the game at five on five or what it is, but he, uh, I don't know. He's got no I, I chance of the top, top six center. For yeah, the near future. I, I just he's not relaxed out there. I mean, I don't necessarily would call it a panic, but he's just he is not relaxed at all to me. Yeah, and and it's it's like his his panicking is is basically like hiding his his ability to see the ice because uh, like I don't know it it just looks like he's making like he's going through tunnel vision. Yeah, he's making panic moves instead of actually like thinking out his plays like you'd expect him to. I it's, mean, it's, he does show flashes, though, because I've seen him make some really good plays. He had a few great chances and shots and make some good passes. But uh, other than those flashes, he, yeah, I think he is gripping his uh, stick. Does, does he have a goal at 5-on-5 five five or all his goals on the power all play? All his goals are on uh, power play, but he I has thought, a few assists. He has one at five on five. No, all three of his goals are on power play, but he has a few assists on 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah, he's got that tuck one that was yeah. really pretty. I just think, I, I don't know, it's it's... I mean, at some point when you're getting healthy scratch for Tomas Nosek, like, okay, like, okay. I don't even know what to say about that. Like, but th- then again, I mean, he's not the only one. The entire bottom six is other than yeah. Tuck. So, so take Tuck out of it. When we talk yeah. about bottom six, Tuck is, yes, he's a bottom six winger, but he doesn't count. He's like just say out. bottom five then. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but Wah went through a stretch where he was playing really poorly, got healthy scratched a couple times. Nosek, mm-hmm. obviously – Played poorly, got healthy scratched. Carrier's been healthy scratched. Colasar's been healthy scratched. Glass now. There's only one player in, in, in the bottom five is, is Ryan Reeves, which is just. Well, apparently Carrier is because of injury. That's what uh, DeBoer said. Uh, what I read yesterday, he came back because he's, his wife or girlfriend or somebody gave birth. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought that wasn't no shit. No, that was a few months ago. No. Yeah, that was a while back. But okay. I thought I saw something on Twitter yesterday where Carrier came back. No, I remember uh, DeBoer said uh, Carrier was due to injury on his presser. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I haven't heard anything about Carrier having a kid at all. Well, I, I saw something in my feed yesterday. So did I look into it? No, because it's like, you know, he's not playing and he deserves to be benched as well too and like eric said so does somebody else because it's it's funny too because i thought patrick brown played well i thought he was oh, yeah. uh, aggressive he was tenacious he was uh he, he was a gr- he grinded a lot and uh i thought they had a few good shifts with colasar reeves and uh but they didn't score but i thought they they held possession pretty well yeah because you know uh, a guy I like think- that's not going to take his position for yeah. granted either I think, but I think it was a lot because of Colasar and uh, Brown, to be honest with you, because Reeves still turned the puck over a lot, like recklessly, and the forecheck was a lot because of Brown and Colasar. 
this this is you know last last night's game we were talking about where Pat the only game Patrick Brown played, yeah. captain of the Silver Knights. <laughs> Uh, did anybody else really want to see Flurry try to make an empty net goal at the end? Oh yeah, I uh, they, they, they they pulled the goalie four minutes. They were up by three. Give him a shot. Come on, like try, at least try. The problem was they couldn't though because St. Louis was so strong in there. Yeah, they they, they didn't. It, it was not a lot of dump and chase. Mm-hmm. It was they were entering with possession. Yeah, I mean the, their their zone entries were very good, and there and that's how. I mean, to talk about St. Louis for a second, their power play was like nine for 18 at one point, like mm-hmm. just phenomenal over the last couple of games. Like one of the top power plays in the league and it's all zone entry. Like even if you clear it, if they get a shot and you get it, you can clear it. Doesn't matter. They're coming right back into the yeah. zone with possession. Yeah. And that's where Vegas struggles. Vegas can't get a clean zone entry. So, And, and then what they do, they just play power Turn pass. They yeah, just power right. pass too. When they're set up, they just pass and just stand there. It's 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 really painful to watch, but after watching Minnesota's power play, it's really hard to complain about it because theirs is even worse. Yeah, they yeah, still score worse in the league, but yet we gave up a power play goal. Yeah, too. yeah, that was that was pretty sad. The, um, but but yeah, I, I think even though yesterday's game, the the five one game in St. Louis, I mean, Flurry, I think won that game really. Yeah. But, there are so many chances where if somebody else were in net, that probably would have been a really close game. He won it on the on the five on three, then the extended power play. So you had a power play, yeah. then you got a five on three, then you got the extended power play as well on both sides of the five on three. That's where he won it. He made, a, I think it was five straight shots from David Perron. Like they just kept feeding it to Perron to try to get, and Flurry made all the saves. And that was, at that point, you kind of go, okay, there's the game. Because yeah. they were up to it. They were up to at that point. And then just got through the five on three, and, and then Stone Stone scored like right after that that kill yeah. too. That just like kneel kneel in the coffin Maybe right there. He just wrap around when Crew yeah. pushed the net forward, and it went under it. Like, yeah, I, I was really confused at first. I was like, wait, that went in? Yeah, well, I was like, how did, how is that? Like, I was trying to think of the physics. I'm like, did he just shoot a hole in the net? Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, it was it was a weird week of games. Like, I. I I don't know. I, I felt like they could have maybe won one of those Minnesota games and there was just no scoring there. It was very, it felt very weird. Like well, the, the, the second Minnesota game, Tuck had a wide open net. Yeah. I mean, right. inside a minute with the goalie pulled, wide open net, it, the, it comes directly to him and he shoots it probably like a foot wide left. And if that, if he would have tied it, Vegas would have won that game in overtime. Yeah, they had like, no doubt about it. Yeah. That's the thing I like about this Vegas team, though, because they're never out of the game. Because I I can't remember a game this season where they got blown out. Maybe the Arizona, the one Arizona game. Uh, I, th- I think game. I think I think early Arizona game because yeah. they had two of their losses. Yeah. Two of Flurry's losses are one one zero shutout losses. Like, yeah. like so, what yeah. else do you expect Flurry to do? Like he yeah. stopped everything except for one. Yeah, exactly. Like I think I think other than that one Arizona game, every game has been either a one goal game or with an empty netter. Well, yeah. every one game. of the Colorado games wasn't a one goal game. I believe though too, wasn't it? I thought they all ended like three, two or four. Yeah. Two. I, they're all one goal games. I believe. Well, it felt like they won the I, Colorado games that they beat crap out of us. It, it was that one where they, it should have gone to overtime and they won like 10 seconds left. No, no, no. All yeah. All the Colorado first game is uh, we won one zero. Next game is three, two. They won, and then the next game I uh, was three two. I was gonna say the Tahoe game. The Tahoe like, game we were just yeah. never in. 
Well, we we were we got back into it. We were just down one. It ended up one with empty. Uh, we pulled a goalie. I don't. I don't. I don't still call that a blowout. It. They were still in the game. I think. Vegas. No, I didn't necessarily was in a blowout. Just felt like that. Yeah, they, Vegas, they got outplayed, but they were still that one time. That's that first period. You know, that was nine hours before the end. <laughs> yeah, but but Vegas has only lost by more than one goal that one Arizona game. I think every yeah. other loss has only been by one. Well, if you don't count empty netters, because I feel like there's a few. Oh yeah, uh, like this, like last, like the Minnesota game was a two-zero game. I forgot about, but uh, yeah. that I think that's the only other one they've lost by more than one technically. Um, like that in the Arizona game, all the other ones were one goal losses. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it, they're they're in the game every time. They come back if they're down by they, multiple guys, goals, and they so come I just back. looked through the entire thing. They only have two losses all year by more than one goal. Yeah. The Arizona game that we talked about and this Minnesota game that was just the yeah. and like so other than Carlson, that they're in every game yeah, yeah. and they're in every single game except for that Arizona game even the Colorados were all one goal game so I agree Carlo but it stinks that it takes them until midway through the third period to figure yeah. anything out sometimes because that, that's I, the Minnesota thing it happened twice yeah I know I, I know it does stink but you can't have a perfect game every game but I love that the, the fact that they still battle at the third period and they can they can uh, good teams kind of try to find a way to win a game even though it's not your best game but it's, it's really a, funny yeah. that that how that Minnesota game where they pulled flurry like I don't think Thompson faced a shot then after that like yeah they, well, just, the, they said they came out and dominated from then no, on. He, he faced two shots okay yeah, but that's yeah. It. but they were really easy shots. They weren't like high danger shots. Like one of them was that weird where they turned the puck over and he, he just kind of like it was at the, at the side, and the other one was like a dump in, I think. But it, Thompson is a hundred hundred percent save percentage right now. And we need to, we need and to trade 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 Leonard and make Thompson the starter. I, I and so far, you know, Vegas has proven to be pretty decent in overtime. Just don't let it go to the shootout. And it's funny because I remember last year we were complaining how bad we were in overtime. Uh, well, remember that stretch of games that Eric, you and I, I think, went to all, all three, but Carlo was at at least one of them last uh, October of the 2019-20 yeah. season when they lost three games in overtime in a row. It was like yeah. Montreal, Winnipeg, and Ottawa, I think. It was bad, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. Those, I don't remember if it was Ottawa, but the first two were, I think it was Montreal, Winnipeg. Yeah, and there's one yeah. more, I can't remember which team, but I, I remember we were all just sitting there, and, and it, we're, it was the Jets game, and there was like a bunch of Jets yeah. fans behind us, and they just kept getting more and more obnoxious as they got closer and closer to overtime. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> what, yeah that's, what, that's what the one where I was in, and oh my gosh, they were obnoxious. Carlo, the one thing that I will say about that, though, is – Three on three, if you have a stud defenseman, you're most likely going to be pretty good. So when you trade Nate Schmidt for uh, Alex Petrangelo, you're probably a little bit better at three on three. And we could also go three um, defensemen deep by putting Martinez out there now. So, I mean, you look from all those games that we were just talking about where we lost three times in a row in overtime 2019-2020 season, well, fast forward now and you have Alec Martinez, who wasn't on that team, Alex Petrangelo, who wasn't on the team, and Shea Theodore, who is a completely different player now than he was a year and a half ago. So yeah. that really elevates your play because you can still throw Carlson and uh, Smith out there. They're great. You can throw Petran- uh, Petretti and Stone out there. They're great. You can throw Tuck and Marshy or anybody like that out there. So, I mean, you you have a lot of uh, choices with, with three and three now where you didn't a year and a half ago. 
Speaking yeah. of which, was was anybody actually concerned about Shea's output this season? Because I, I remember no. some, I saw somewhere on Twitter people were like concerned about it, but he's almost a point of game player. Yeah, he had a he had a small kind of slump, but that like that happens sometimes, especially he if he wasn't. Good. He, he's not going to be as good as he was in the bubble. Like he was, yeah. he was all world in the bubble. Like he was probably the best defenseman other than not named Victor Hedman in the bubble. He's yeah. not going to be that good. He's just not going to be that good. I'm sorry. And when people see people go, players go through a stretch like that, and they expect that to happen all the time, it's just it's not realistic. Like yeah, I he's, think the biggest... he's leading the team in defensive points. He's got 18 points in 22 games. Yeah, I think the biggest issue right now with Edor is that he, without Petrangelo, he he got he has to get uh, matched up with a top defense, uh, uh, like a top. Uh, top offensive, the top, the top lines, top, top, top pairs. Yeah, and he's been uh, turning the puck over here and there, and has a, a few like his old habits of uh, being li- a liability in the, his own end is starting to creep up. But that's the only complaint I have for for Theodore. That Monday, um, Minnesota game against that top line with Joel Eriksson and I mean, they just got their head caved in. Like Martinez and Theodore absolutely got dominated in that game. So that was most, most of the reason why you lost that game is their top line just took it to us. But, like, as, but Schmidt as, would have given that puck to them twice in that game, at least. I think, I think Theodore did though. <laughs> yeah. I was going to yeah. say that happened a couple of times and yeah, declaring when they end up in the goal. I, I just think it to Schmidt doing it probably about the two X factor of the times that Theodore would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think as much as people complain about uh, Petrangelo's point production, though, because I think he's still doing fine. I think he's do, like I think he's over about uh, 0.6 points per game or something like that, which is is actually his career average. He's actually much better than Theodore defensively, and that's oh, what is one of his yeah one of his yes. biggest strengths. Is Except he when he takes those... down when he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but people focus in on that big contract, and he's supposed to be producing yeah. offensively he, like well that's not his total job yeah he has never been a point per game player if you look at his career he, he his his no it's like 60 i think yeah he's yeah he's uh, 60 that's around where he is which is really good for a defenseman like i i think that it, compared to theodore i would still say petrangelo is more leaning defensive with a really large offensive upside obviously like a huge one but i think you take those kind of stats and flip them around for theodore's kind of yeah Theodore, Theodore has more uh, offensive upside, but he's not as he's not terrible in his own. He like he, I mean he's not good, but he's not he's not Quinn Hughes. Well, his own last night though, like I I I watched that again this morning and like blocker side, like oh like, yeah, where he was pinching. That, that was a nice shot yesterday. He had yeah. If, so here, if, I was just gonna say. So here's something that I uh, that I just came across. So nine Golden Knights have played every game this year. Mm-hmm. Tell me the outlier of this group. Max Pacioretty, Alex Tuck. Ryan Reeves. Reeves. Jonathan Marshall Show, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, Alec Martinez, Riley Smith, Zach Whitecloud, Ryan Reeves. <laughs> Ryan Reeves, of, of course. Um, uh, I, Reeves I, has I, two points. He's got two points. He's a dash five, and I know plus minus isn't everything, guys. But everybody else, Zach Whitecloud is the next closest. He has six points. He's a positive three. Everybody else has eleven or more points. Eleven. 13, I mean, six 18, points 18, for 19, defenseman. 20, like, for yeah, for fine. a stay-at-home defenseman, the six points. I mean. Everybody else plus minus is double digits, other than Marshy, who's a who's only a uh, plus eight. Which oh no, plus minus isn't everything. <laughs> but what? Like, 
I'm sorry. I'm, I don't want to turn this into a why is Ryan Reeves continuing to play every game, but hold on. He probably does lead in hits, though. I guess there. Okay, I forgot to look at that. I apologize. It's I. It's I. I lo- like I said. I, I want him to prove us wrong, but he hasn't yet. You know, I I, I'm rooting for the guy. I want him to do better. I want him to do what he did last year, where when everybody was like, man, he's never going to score. He's going to be terrible. And then he just walks up on Andre Vasilevsky and scores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did he have like seven or eight goals last year? Or something like <laughs> he that? had his career high last year in goals. Yeah. Like, what happened? I mean, like. He had a consistent I would... line last year for the whole season, though. That, I mean, he had, most of the season he had, what, he had Carrier, like. The center's changed a bit, but it, he's played with those guys before. Like, Wah and Nosek has been mostly his center. It's like, I don't, you know, like, at, at some point, I kind of really want to see him. Like, I want to see Kolosar on that spot, maybe Carrier back, and then Brown. I don't know, maybe Nosek or Wah. Something, something different. Maybe Quinny. Let's see. I, I, just want, I just want a whole new fourth line. Like, mm-hmm. I, I apologize. Like, to me, there's one player in in the bottom six that's safe everybody else give me give me a complete shake up until they can figure it out leave alex talk as the third line right wing and then figure everything else out in the bottom six don't care try wah there try no sick try quinny try dugan try elvinus i don't care try anybody i don't care does not (laughs) matter to me anybody in the in the bottom six should be at risk of losing losing their their position so because they haven't been good I was going to propose something here, but we can all just have a good laugh over it. Cause I'm like, well, I mean, Tuck is producing so much. Wouldn't you want to switch him and Smith? And then I thought about Marchie and Tuck being on the same line. <laughs> no. Um, well, Smith. Somebody's going to score against them if Marchie and Tuck are on the same line. Well, keep, it, keep in mind there well, for ben, a little while. How many times is that line going to take a penalty? Yeah, they moved. They moved. Tuck. Remember, they they did that line jungling, and they moved Marshy and Carlson down, and Tuck yeah. up. So they split uh, Marshy and Smith. You could play if you wanted to move Marshy down, and that's why anytime we talk about hey, in the bot in the top six, who could you trade? Marshy's the most likely to to get moved. I'm not saying they should right now because he's scoring for him. He's doing yeah. well for him. But you could play Smith on the other side, so you could still play Tuck, Smith, and Carlson together, and I think that would be a really good line. And, I think and Smith is broken out of his slump as well. Too. Yeah, but yeah, I was gonna say Smith had a really tough start, but I think he's uh, starting to produce a lot uh, this past few days, and I think he's still very uh, useful defensively, and he's a two hundred full two hundred foot player. And he's the same. He's the same as Carlson. If they're not producing yeah. points, they're still an elite level PK unit. They're elite level uh, in their own end, like they're still going to pr- produce so much more than just that. Whereas if Marshy's not producing points and taking bad penalties, he didn't produce it. He didn't provide anything else to the team. Yeah. But, and that misfit lines chemistry right now is so good. Like that. They're, oh, the passes they're making right now. Yeah. They, they just have shifts where I'm just like, man, what the fuck? These guys are like, their four check is still like reminiscent of the first year. And uh, it's really hard to split those guys up though. I wish they'd let Carlson try to score on the rush like first year again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know like if they just want to change that whole like the lines dynamics and that's why he never tries that. But like I just want to see him do some crazy shit like that again. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, I just did the math real quick. Both Tuck and Patches, if this were an 82 game season, would be on track to score about 42 goals. Yeah. Yeah. They they they've um, been they've been keeping pace like. 
Patrick already scored last night, and Tuck was like, "Nope, you're not you're not getting ahead of me." Scored an empty netter. And Stone uh, is on track still. Like, if this were an 82 oh game season, he'd have over 100 points. My God, dude, Stone is so good, man. It's like you, you saw the difference with him out of the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> we could we couldn't do anything. But it's like, so I I, I want to do the research on this. So nobody quote me on this for for this one, but I'm pretty sure if Stone is in on the 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 first point of the game in any way, I'm pretty sure Vegas usually wins. Hmm. Um, like if, if Vegas scores first and stones in on that point, I'm, I'm or on that, on that goal at all. I, I want to say that almost every one of those games they've won this season. I think Vegas is uh, also I think you should like, just look up. I think they're like 11 and oh and one or something when they score first anyway. So yeah. Yeah. But I, I think <laughs> specifically when stone is, is in on the, the first goal in any way, um, it's like almost a like because stone can change the whole outcome of a game obviously i mean look at that minnesota game where he was in first on the first assist for every goal um but yeah i i gotta look it up but it's it it takes some doing though i think in, in that way seeing when the goal was scored and etc yeah here's here's the thing what one of the thing i are impressed about this team too is they are 12 and 0 when they go into the third when they have the lead that's that's what that's impressive. That's when you know the team knows how to close the game, and and as we said before, they come back in the third. This is a ter- third period team, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it's 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 it shows that this is a good team. They know when to crank it up, really, and to wake up. It's it's better than uh, <laughs> a few years ago in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they keep this up. I hope we're not peaking too early. I think Vegas can still be better, especially if they fix that bottom six. And w- when we get Petro back too, and now that McNabb is back, um, how do you guys feel about McNabb though? By the way, when he's back, now that he's back, he's been okay. I thought like that first, like first game back, big hit. I'm like, oh, that's McNabb is back. <laughs> Oh, he he leveled somebody. For, I mean, just absolutely hip check took him out. It was, yeah. Uh, no, he's been fine. Um, him to, to, yeah, to t- touch on the point you were just making um, about how far this team can go. Right now, they're probably, look, as currently constructed, it would be a tough series against Colorado, but I still think most likely you got to lean goalie. So if Fleury is playing this well, you, you got to take Vegas. So they're a cup contender, but they're definitely not a cup favorite with the bottom six currently constructed. I mean, when you literally roll your fourth line out there to eat 10 minutes and do nothing other than please don't get scored on. Like that's the only thing they're out there to do. You're not a cup contender at that point. Look at, look at Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to have the biggest uh, deadline acquisition in Nikita Kucherov coming back for the playoffs. So they're the best team in the league and they're about to get the best player back. So they're clearly the cup favorite, but if Vegas revamped their bottom six, kind of like Tampa Bay did last year, they went out and got um, Barkley Goudreau and um, who's the other one? Goudreau and Coleman, Blake Coleman from New Jersey. They went and got two very good players to, to round out their bottom six. And then all of a sudden, Hey, they were a juggernaut. Vegas is not going to go into any series with Thomas Nosek, Ryan Reeves and William Carrier and think that they're, they have the advantage on the fourth line, in my opinion, unless it's strictly for heads. Who are we, who's the target though? You want to talk trade deadline? 
I haven't even started to look at that. I mean, with the money situation, it's going to be so tough anyway because money has to go out. You know they're not trading Ryan Reeves as much as anybody in the the fan base or media or anything wants to talk about it. Look, every single postgame, Pete DeBoer gets up there, uh, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon get up there and talk about what he provides. Oh, his big hit or this. They're not ever trading him, right? They've signed him. He's sticking around. So, Nosek has no value and he doesn't make any money. Carrier, they just signed him to a four-year deal and he makes no money, 1.4. You're not trading Tuck, obviously. You're not trading Glass. They still love Glass. And you're not trading Wah. So, you have no no spot to move, right? So, yeah. to me, I don't think a deadline move can happen. Maybe they can get somebody small, but I can't imagine that being anything. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, there's no player that has money that's like worth moving because a lot a lot of the players that actually are making money are contributing and we cannot move them. Yeah. You can't move Marshy right now. Either Holden, one of Holden or, or McNabb. Maybe Holden, but it's really not that much. It makes like one one point seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean sure you can move him out, but I mean one point seven doesn't get you that much. And AJ I just checked every single game that they've lost, uh they either didn't score first or when they scored first, it, Stone was not involved in it. So, yes, you are correct. If they score first with Stone, they've won the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have a chance to look at it. Thanks for looking that up. But, yeah, that, it does make sense, too. I mean, there's a reason Stone's captain, I guess, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think a deadline move happens. I mean, I'm, I'm sure something small happens, but – Holden, does he really command that much value? He's played 10 games, hasn't scored a point. He's been okay, but you put him on waivers and nobody took him, so you can't trade him. You know that. Yeah. So and there's one. A $600,000 hit, really. Because- yeah, so, yeah, because you can put him down. So uh, there's just not enough money for a trade, unless they really try to revamp a lot of stuff, which when you're one of the top four teams in the league, you're probably not trying to revamp that much. I just can't imagine them thinking to go move anybody that's a key piece. So I, I don't think a lot happens. I think they just got to figure out the bottom six from within. And I'm sure that's what the board is starting to do right now with healthy scratching all these different players. So mm-hmm. what do yeah. you think, Dave? Dave? Sorry, right, I had to find the unmute button. <laughs> um what I'm, they got to balance themselves out. I mean, this team is so top heavy. It's not even funny. And, you know, like I was saying in our group chat yesterday, there was a conversation I was having with a bunch of people and they're like, well, if it ain't broke, what, what do you got to fix? I'm like, well, what if the, what's working does get broke? I mean, it's better to have balance all the way down. So the, the bottom players can pick up the top players. I mean, the, the way it's balanced right now is like those opposing teams, the ones that are really, really good, you know, teams that have good defense, They'll focus in on the top two lines, shut them down, and then they won't have to worry about the top or the bottom two lines. So they got to start fucking putting uh, some production up here, or this team isn't going to make it all the way through. No. Like right now, I, I would be terrified to see Minnesota in the playoffs. Yeah, Minnesota's very good. Uh, they're deep. Uh, their goal, their rookie goalie is actually pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. And like we we talk about how Colorado and St. Louis are not doing well right now. They're, they've been losing some games, but 
they have a lot of injuries. When those guys are healthy, they're they're going to be much deeper than Vegas, I think. Wait, who's injured yeah. on the Blues? On the, everybody's hurt on the Blues. Yeah, you didn't see that? They, they've, they've missed more man games than anybody else. They, yeah. They've had a lot of people out. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I just didn't realize there was a ton of people out for these games. Yeah, well, a lot of those games is Tarasenko who just returned. Yeah, Tarasenko just so. no Tarasenko is returned, but uh, they they're missing like half of their blue line is missing and half of their bottom six is missing too. Uh, O'Reilly was out for a little bit. Yeah, uh, Bozak, who the Blues fans hate Mark Stone for that hit, uh, still. Uh, but yeah, they're they're missing a lot of a lot of players here. Uh, so one, one thing I did notice during these Blues games is there is a huge difference between Tory Krug and Alex Petrangelo and its size. Like, well, uh, it's very obvious, like, when you watch the way that Krug has to play, he was getting bodied a bunch last night by the size of the Golden Knights. Here's, here, here, here's who they have out right now. Pareko's um, their biggest one, Robert Thomas. Yeah. Robert Thomas, Barbashev, Bozak, Pareko, Schwartz, uh, uh, some of uh, Gun- Gunnarsson and De La Rose. Yeah, those and, are and, those are not insignificant. <laughs> like those are Colorado's. Pretty... Colorado's missed. I mean, they, they're always missing somebody. Unfortunately, yeah. Colorado's just one of those teams that you almost have to start some point going. Are they ever going to get healthy? Yeah, they've yeah, missed that's... McKinnon. They've missed Taves. They've missed a lot of a lot of they're, they're really system, key players. Is their system brutal on their players or something? Because they've always it's. Been it's strength and conditioning, I think, right? Like those those guys. It's strength and conditioning. They should they're training. They're trainer that's not doing their job in that organization. Or oh, that and a bit of dumb luck. I mean, McKinnon gets you know knocked in the head. Yeah, it knocks him out. But they're missing McCarr and Byram right now, both on IR. Like mm-hmm. probably their two best defensemen. I don't know. Taves might be better than Byram, but Byram's going to be better in the future. Who knows? But yeah, they're missing too many people. So. Vegas needs to continue to extend that lead, right? They have yeah. five game, five point cushion um, against teams that they have the same amount of games against, which is uh, Minnesota and Colorado, and then they have like three games in hand against uh, St. Louis with a five point cushion or five or six point cushion. So they need to continue to extend that out right now, especially going into this week. And I mean, that be a nice little uh, transition into what we have coming up but you play San Jose twice and you play um, the Kings once this week. I'm saying just Sunday, this next, next time yeah. we record. Which the, the, the Sharks are in a win streak right now, but I mean, the win streak, I don't know how, how impressed you are this win streaks when they beat uh, LA and Anaheim, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, what was their win streak? <laughs> it was against the other teams at the bottom, right? At some point, when does Anaheim just pull the plug and hey, just start? They got everybody? Shut up. Oh, Dubnik did? Yeah, Dubnik last night. I think they well, won like 6 lead or something. We'll talk about no, 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 Martin Jones started last night. He had a shutout. That was Martin Jones. Dubnik had sure a Oh, no, that was the that was Dubnik. the night before. That was the night before uh, he, they shut out Anaheim. Uh, Martin Jones shut out Anaheim the night before on Friday. That's, that's what it was. But, no, I'm not impressed with San Jose's um, current, current win streak. I mean – at least they'll feel good about themselves, but no, they're uh, yeah. They beat St. Louis and then Anaheim twice. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but Vegas needs to keep just pounding these points, right? Like, if you can right now. So that's that's the thing. I think we talked about this. They have a 
positive point percentage against everybody in the West so far. If they've played them at least four times, they have a positive point percentage against them. So, well, I think Minnesota. They took, is, they took five out of eight. They took five points out of eight. I'm just saying Vegas's point percentage. Right. They've taken five points out of a possible eight points against uh, Minnesota because. And they only got no, two. No, four. Four, four. Four, yeah. Yeah, two. four, yeah. yeah. They, they have 500, yeah. yeah. They're 500 against Minnesota. It was it was Minnesota that got five points out of That's us right. because they lost in overtime, yeah. Because both our losses are in regulation, so. But, yeah, we, we, our our next four games, though, are, um I wouldn't say easy because it's never, like, hockey's never easy. You don't know what's going to happen, but they are easier than la- our last four games, to be honest with you. Uh, we got two Sharks twice and then L.A. twice. Is it me or does Vegas love to shit the bed when we're playing in front of NBC? <laughs> in front of what? On, on NBC. On oh, prime time? Oh, yeah. they did in the last one, but, you know. And then the Avs game. The Avs game, yeah, yeah, yeah. National well, games. One, wasn't one of the Minnesota games on NBC as well? Yeah, yeah. That, was, uh, Coughlin, that was the Coughlin uh, hat trick. Yep. And then, and then the outdoor game. Yeah, I thought it was so funny that, that the second Minnesota game, at the end, they're like, oh, my God, what an exciting game. But literally for the first 50 minutes, everybody was like, this is a terrible game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ten minutes doesn't make it exciting, guys. It was an exciting finish, but it was a terrible fucking game. I mean, how cool is that, though, that Coven did that? He, he was great. Like, I, this kid worked his he, – he went undrafted and scored, like, 40-something points as a defenseman on his rookie year in the AHL. And now he's finally starting to be confident about his his offensive production. Uh, in I was going to say Asia. offensive, right? Because he's not yeah. very good in his own end. Yeah, that's why he's partnered up with McNabb, one of our better defensive defensemen. So, and it's funny because last night's game, McNabb's the one who was like trying to score. <laughs> <laughs> did you, McNabb, speaking of that, did you see the hit where he almost completely missed on somebody? I don't know who he was. Yeah. He lined somebody up and he just completely missed them. Yeah, but it, like – they know because that kind of forced a turnover too. Because yeah, what, that that hit on that first the one hit, they they kind of know McNabb's on the ice now. They gonna they have their head in the swivel, and when they see McNabb, if you look at that hit, I know you what hit you're talking about. He tried to dodge McNabb, and he turned the puck over, which yep. is still effective in its own way. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to get hit by. Oh that. yeah, it was definitely fact, but it was yeah. also still hilarious. Yeah. Who was it on the Blues last night that got demolished behind the Vegas net? Like, I, I couldn't tell who it was, but some... Ryan Reeves? Yeah, I was going to say Reeves did. <laughs> he, and he was the honey that Colossar protected. <laughs> no, I saw some... There was a Blues player that got demolished. I'm, like, I'm going to guess it was by McNabb. But... Uh, I can't remember. But there was a there was a hilarious photo on the Vegas Instagram where Perron got sandwiched by McLeod, uh, White, White Cloud and um, Hey. <laughs> I just I just found that photo so funny. <laughs> so yeah, I, I but going back to Coglin, I am I am pretty happy that he is starting to find his stride. But uh, to be honest with you, I think he is the odd man now when Petro, Petro comes back. He is definitely a liability in his own end. Yeah. When, when mm. Petro go back, we know we're going to go back to uh, – I think he's going to go Petro McNabb, Martinez Theodore, right. White Cloud Hague, right? I'd rather I'd rather see Martinez as the more defensive guy on the top pair, personally. You might actually go 
as, as goofy as this sounds because of how well Martinez is playing, you might go Haig McNabb as your bottom pair, Martinez White Cloud as your middle pair, and Shea Petro as your top pair. Mm. That does sound goofy because the. Uh, the offensive a lot of get... people think that Petro is only an offensive defenseman, and he's not. No, he's a two. He's a full two two hundred foot defenseman. Uh, I don't know about that, Eric, because that second pair, White Cloud and Martinez, I don't know how about, much about the offensive capabilities of that. I guess Martinez has some, but and White Cloud's actually a really good stretch passer. Yeah, but I'm talking about like when you're uh, on end and just offensive production. Getting it out of the and, and, and I really like the Hague White Cloud pairing too. I think they work really well together. I agree. I just don't want McNabb playing first line minutes, first pair of minutes. <laughs> that was my thing. Too. It's like I, it, I don't care how anything else is. I just don't want McNabb on the top pair again. I, I would rather see. I mean, I'd rather see. The only reason White Cloud doesn't make sense up there is because White Cloud Petro, Petro are both right. right. So it does, that doesn't make a ton of sense. But I, I mean, that is the one thing that gives me a ton of confidence in this team is the fact that you've been able to go from Schmidt to Petro when Petro comes back healthy and you have zero worry about your defensive pairs, in my opinion. Like, yeah. all of a sudden you have four, five really strong. You're not worried about it, right? Martinez is good. White Cloud is good. Petro is great. Shea Theodore is elite. Like, all these, like all of a sudden you have two pairs, however you want to put them in there, not worried about it. Haig is finally coming along. He looks a lot more confident now. Mm-hmm. McNabb could still be a, a useful penalty killer, right, and a useful – defenseman I, I just plus then you're scratching coglins you still got holding down there like all of a sudden you're not worried about your deep pairs at all it's to me there's one worry on this team and that's it yeah, yeah it's the bottom six that's it right goalie is elite Leonard's coming back flurry's playing at a Vezina visible level top six is i i mean there's the teams best, that though. have yeah there's teams that have better lines here or there but i mean Top six, Vegas is one of the top five. Yeah, out there. I'd I say- mean, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, Toronto. Colorado. Maybe, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Florida because they're they're a wagon right now. <laughs> Holy shit! Florida's doing really well. Yeah. yeah. If, if you wanted to talk about something that never gets talked about, Florida's doing really well. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there's better lines. The yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Dude. Yeah, I, th- I think there are lines that are better than. Pacioretty, Stone, and Stevenson, but I don't think there's a total top six better than what Vegas has. Like their top two lines as a whole, I think are better, except for maybe when Kucherov comes back for Tampa, then obviously them. I mean, Point, Kucherov, Palat, um, Sam Coase. I mean, they're fucking elite. So do you, do you guys think that Stevenson is the next William Carlson story or is it being amplified because of his playing? Uh, a little bit of both. I think he's holding his, holding his own because there are times where he's not with Stone and Pacioretty and he's played well. But obviously, if you put someone in between Stone and Pacioretty, you are going to excel. Um, but I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. And and that contract is such a bargain right now. Holy shit, dude. It's For so a weird. fifth round pick. That's <laughs> yeah. right, the trade. Um, and I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago. He's perfect for, for Pacioretty and Stone. I mean, he is – like, if you were to go out and scout and go, okay, hey, what kind of center can we get beto- put put between these two players? 
I don't know that there's a better center out there realistically that fits the system and can do all this stuff. He's very good in his own end. He's part of the best penalty killing forward group in the league. He, I mean, backs people off. So his speed gets the defense sagging back and then he can get to Pacioretty who is still one of the best releases. And then stone is, is a quintessential playmaker. I mean, he's, he's perfect for, for them as, as a pair, in my opinion, he's perfect centerman. Yeah. He, I think he needs a better, uh, finishing because i've seen so many breakaways that he can't finish but that's just that, that's just nitpicking right there he i i think he is uh a first a really good first line center right now yes i think carlson is still our best center yeah but uh stevenson is uh he's just a good compliment to patch and stone carlson should have better chemistry when he specifically plays with that misfit line like because we yeah. saw them try the whole stone carlson patch thing last season and i it, think it was bad but it, it wasn't bad but it just didn't make a huge difference either mm-hmm. yeah because it kind of took away from the misfit line the misfit line started like uh the chemistry with well i think it was stasny they put in there it was it was not it was not the same yeah you know stasny's yeah. having a good year yeah, he does. Uh, I think he fits a Winnipeg system better, uh, to be honest with you. And he will he able to have the same year here? You look at the points production he's he's producing this season, and it's pretty much on par with his last two or three. I mean, last year he wasn't like at the start of the season, yeah, but he started to lag off like later. It was in the playoffs uh, that he really, yeah, yeah, and especially in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, he really yeah. didn't show up. I uh, that that's why he was one of the players. I we talked about this in the offseason podcast where uh, I was a big proponent of training Stastny away. Uh, and yeah, I, but that's the that's the reason that's was my biggest reason because he didn't really show up in the playoffs, and I thought his contract was very um, it, it, the one that made the most sense getting traded. Well, that and Schmidt. <laughs> I, I, well, I didn't see Schmidt. Co- I don't. I'm not yeah, going nobody to. saw Schmidt coming. No, yeah. Nobody, nobody saw Schmidt coming. You don't. You don't stand behind him after he fails a drug test. Give him all that money and then trade him away. Um, I'm happy for Stasny though, for because he's playing well. He's got more. He's doing really well. Uh, but back on the on the Stevenson thing, he's played about a third of the games that he played in his career um, for Washington. He already has more points in Vegas than he did in Washington. So. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome, and and I love those stories. I I think yeah, two point seven five. I think Dave talked about the 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 deal, right? He's they signed him for four years, two point seven five, and when he signed, everybody's like, huh? And then now it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And even even if he ever got moved down to say the third line center, that's still a pretty good bargain at that price. I I still remember us debating whether we should have re-signed Cousins or Stevenson. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was off season. That's that was off season. Yeah. He's uh, only 26 years old. He he will continue to get better. Uh, yeah, he's, is he in Nashville? Nashville, and he's not doing well. The whole team over there is not doing well. Not doing well. That, at that all. team's a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's uh, and he didn't get a big contract. He got like a minimum. He got a two-year deal. It wasn't it wasn't a big one. I think he got. Yeah, a it's like a, a million. I think for two. Him years. and Howla both got uh, in Nashville, and they're yeah. most likely both getting traded. What yeah. happened to the Stars, guys? Uh, you don't got know. older. Oh. There was no way that um, Kudobin was going to continue to play at that level. I mean, lo- lots of different reasons. I mean, I don't, I don't know. They're they're missing Sagan. Sagan still hasn't played yet this year. He had off-season surgery. So any number of things. Denis Gurionov uh, is not playing as well. Um, Radulov is hurt. I mean, Heiskin yeah. is not playing at the level that he was. 
Um, well, as also as condensed as our schedule is, their schedule is really going to be condensed. That's true. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they, they were the first ones to be out for like the first month of the game, right? Yeah, and then the whole uh, winter storm happened and some of their games got postponed too, so. It, but it the, the biggest thing the biggest thing is Kadobin is not playing at a 940 level anymore right so mm-hmm. i mean bishop still hurt again yeah, bishop hasn't played bishop hasn't played this <laughs> Jesus. year nope. uh, oh, goodness their ottinger hasn't been the best he hasn't been like bad but he hasn't been the best either Kadobin's at a 907 this year um save percentage so he's just he, i mean in the playoffs last year i mean he was at a 917 I'm just looking at that division right now, and it's it's crazy how there's three teams that I think are elite, and then Chicago, and then four teams that are really bad. <laughs> the, th- the three teams might be – and what's really crazy about it is the three teams are actually leading the league in um, win or point percentage. Yeah. Tampa, then, Carolina, and uh, – Florida. 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 Yeah. And the rest are it's, so bad that it makes Chicago look like they're actually good. <laughs> Chicago's average. <laughs> like Chicago, yeah, Chicago's like they're they're the fourth team by default because how bad the other the other teams are. Yeah, it's it's crazy that division. And then if you look at the uh, Scotia division, uh, Winnipeg's catching up to Toronto. Yeah, and they just beat them last night. Yeah, yeah. And Toronto's what lost three out of the last four or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. four in a row. Not four. No, that, uh, not four in a row. They won the one before, but yeah, it was three out of the last four. Yeah. Um, Winnipeg has two points, two games in hand, and they're only four points back. So theoretically, if they won their next two, they could be tied with Toronto. Guys, I'm I'm so excited for whichever team makes it out of the Scotia Division. I am so excited to watch their fan base on Twitter when that happens. Ah, man, if they play, have to play. Um... I don't know Boston in the uh, in the semis. They lost. <laughs> no, no, no. Toronto's gonna lose. What's crazy is, I mean, realistically, and not trying to 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 disparage the the Hans division or anything, but the Disco division is probably gonna have the best team come out of it, right? Like whether it's Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida. I don't, I don't actually believe in Florida. I believe in Carolina. I believe in Tampa Bay. Obviously, Tampa Bay is most likely coming out of that, right? Um, then the um, Mass. Mutual, the what we what we decided we're calling that one, the mass, right? The mass, um, Boston Islanders. I don't think Pittsburgh's really that good. No, Um, I don't think Pittsburgh's gonna make it, man. Washington, maybe, right? Phillies, I mean, they've fallen off. You gotta think Boston or the Islanders. I mean, and then you got the two weaker divisions, in my opinion. I think the the Hans division and the Scotch division are going to provide the two. I'd love it to be Vegas versus Toronto, right? And then let the other two just go at it. I don't know. I think, I think the, uh, the Hans is better than the mass. To be honest with you. I think the mass. I don't, has, I don't think Vegas is better than Boston right now. I don't think Vegas is. I don't know. Boston has been. Boston got their heads caved in the other yeah, day. Boston uh, been, yeah. Boston has been. Yeah. New York and, uh, and Washington are uh, the Islanders in, uh, the cap, the Caps are the one that's uh, doing really well right now. The Boston has been uh, up and down like the past few weeks, really. Yeah, they got 32 points in 25 games. Like if you look at if you look at their games, they they've uh, they had a really good stretch and then they started to just level out the past few games. Look at the Islanders now; they've gotten points in 10 straight games. 
Yeah, the every year, got... every year they seem to do a little run like this, right? Every year yep. they just go, okay, hey, let's go do this. And then, and then when they, they make the playoffs and they, I don't know where they lose. That's the Islanders. Uh, they they have a great stretch and then they just lose in the playoffs. I th- yeah, I think the Hans is better than the because, like I said, uh, we, if you if you count the blue healthy Blues and healthy uh, Avalanche, they're they're I think they're much better. And then I think Vegas is also really good. And then. Um, and uh, Minnesota's a wagon right now too, so th- those are four really good teams, and I think uh, the Mass has two or three, maybe two, maybe three. Yeah. Wow, Pittsburgh. Well, a couple games in hand, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Philly's the one that really just fell off a cliff, huh? Yeah, Carter, uh, Hart. Carter Hart. Yeah. 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 Well, he is he just not as good as everybody thinks he is, or something like. He's just so streaky. Goalies are voodoo. Goalies yeah. are voodoo, and he's also kind of still young, so you expect some inconsistency. Yeah, he's like 22. Like, yeah. 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 And so, he, ne- he he didn't get enough time to develop in the AHL. Like, I mean, you can't rush goalies along. That's why I've been so happy that Vegas has never tried to draft a goalie super high because you know that they'll this fan base will be clamoring for him. If we had um, Spencer Knight, they'd want him up on the team right now. Yeah. Yeah, they oh they somebody would throw an absolute shit fit because Leonard's on this team over Spencer Knight if that were the case. Yeah, and Spencer Knight's not he has he hasn't has he had any games ever with Florida either? No, uh, he's, no he's, he's like still in Boston 20. College, but he's he's elite at Boston College. He yeah. is absolutely he's very very good. Um, and goalies usually have like a sophomore slump anyway. Yeah, you know, whether it's their actual sophomore year or not, but they usually have a year where they're younger where they have a slump and then come out of it well if you're jordan bennington you just get fucking six six million dollars even when you do have one fuck yeah as pete debordo say there's there are six six million dollars <laughs> like carlo instantly started memeing that like all night after i i i only posted it six times because that's <laughs> How many times did Carla post this? Six, six times. times, six times. Uh, um, that, that was such a funny image. And that was a stupid... It, it's funny because, uh, like I said, I, I really... I, I'm involved a lot on Reddit and involved a lot with other fans. Minis- it's hilarious how Minnesota thinks that... There's a lot of Minnesota fans that think that the, the, the league is rigged for Vegas. And after last... Was it last night's game? Yeah. I'm just like, really, dude? Like, they've blown so many calls against Vegas. <laughs> it oh, wasn't yeah. against Minnesota. Night, it was against the Blues, but what the fuck? Last night's officiating was, like, not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, that high stick on Patrick Brown, he was holding a stick. <laughs> like, how was that high stick? <laughs> Some bull- uh, I, I, I'm not the one to complain about the refs, though, so I'm just going to let that go. It, I just it, thought it was funny how it turns out. Like, it really does if you watch, yeah. like, long enough. Like, and and you can tell sometimes when refs know that they blew a call like pretty bad, they will yeah. usually give the makeup call. Yeah, like they'll they'll blow another call going the other way that same game just on purpose. Yeah, it's yeah, I I yeah, it's 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 just funny how uh, some wild fans think it's a conspiracy that it's rigged for Vegas. There's some fans that think every hit needs to be penalized. It's like yeah. okay, guys, like calm down. And, and there's also fans of, of whatever teams that just think that everything is rigged for Vegas. I and mean, look at that douchebag writer for the Senators there. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. was a little interesting. 
He says that like every two months. He's like, oh, the whole league is rigged for Vegas. And then everybody just brings back his old tweets where he said they were going to be the worst team in history. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And speaking of penalties, it's like one thing that gets frustrating. I mean, yeah, penalties are frustrating as it is, but taking penalties in the offensive zone, stop. Please stop doing that. It's especially on a power play. Talk, reaching around. Look, you're going to lose possession. It's okay. Just don't go to four on four. No, no, go to four on four. And it's usually. it's our forward force better than our power play anyway, so I think that's a big brain move. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to get it back to even strength in some way. God, yeah, but then that turned into a five on three there, right? Yeah, well, no, that, was, that wasn't it. No, was that wasn't it. Uh, it was four on four, then they had like 10 seconds of power yeah, play, which we killed, then it was later. Yeah, that was uh, the the four, the five on three was the Patrick Brown Stevenson. high stick. Yeah, the Patrick Brown high stick where he wasn't high stick because the other the other guy was holding his stick. Uh, and then the Stevenson hook where he got the stick. It wasn't a hook. He tripped him. He, he had a million percent. No, it was a it was a stick lift and they called it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Into the stick. hands, yeah. It was too yeah. close. It was too close it was to the hands, Hoffman. but they called it. It was yeah. on Hoffman. Yeah, it was which it was a soft call. Like they didn't have to call that, but I guess technically it's a penalty because he hit the hands, but it was it was very soft and then that was one of the most impressive penalty kills, though I've seen. Well, Flurry, most of it, but that that really turned the game over. Flurry was the PK. Yeah. 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 At some point, can we win a faceoff on when uh, they're on the penalty kill? Like we have, we don't seem to win those faceoffs. Like I don't know. That is, I think, what our centers are probably not the greatest at, and that's something that I think Stastny was pretty decent at. But... I, I and I think. Uh, a good stat from uh, we ended St. Louis's streak of scoring a power play goal in I think seven straight games or six, six straight games or something like that. And then uh, after last night, uh, it, the streak ended. I mean, we kept up a good streak though for the Blues of losing at home. Yeah, that was the first time I think we beat them in regulation. I think in St. Louis ever. Uh, Carlson's twenty seventh in the league in faceoff percentage right now. Hmm. Mm. Eh, that's not bad. That's not it's, bad. Who is it that's it's we're 14th in the league in face-off percentage, 14th, right? Basically like, average. It's, uh, average, yeah. And it's no, just no. above 50%. It's above average, a little above average. His percentage is 54.2. Yeah, we're 50.6 as a team. That's and not bad. What, I think it's Wah that's the worst, or, or is it Stevenson? One of them is not awesome at face-offs. I'm not sure because Stevenson went out on the, the four on three, won it, got off. And Wah was one of the best in the AHL ever at it. So I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I, I know Nozick is not the greatest. Um, Minnesota's Stevenson. really bad. They're 28th in the league. Stevenson right now is uh, 50.29 uh, this season in uh, faceoffs. William Carlson is 54. Holy shit. Yeah, that's, he's, that's really good. He's gone. So, he's gone Way better. I remember I used to make fun of him for being bad yeah. at it. Last year, he I was, was surprised when I looked up uh, face-off sets of who was leading the league. Nick um, is, uh, when I saw him up there. 3-3. Uh, Cody Gl- – where's Cody Glass? Wait, did you say Nick was a point three three? 51.33. Oh, I thought you said he was point three three. I'm like, holy crap, that's really bad. <laughs> uh, hold up. Why is this not – Cody Glass on this. Uh, where's Cody Glass on the team list? Mm. He, what the heck? 
He's on the Patrick, Patrick Brown's 1,000. <laughs> Cody Glass is ninth. He's at 43.6. So not very good. Okay. Not very Shea good. Shea Theodore is apparently 1,000 in his history, right? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was only looking at this year. I was only looking at this year. Yeah. No, no Carlson. Colasar's 52.5. Don't know how many he's taken. Yeah, um, the uh, the whole, the Theodore thing is so hilarious. He's credited for one faceoff win. He he can't remember taking. <laughs> Ryan Reeves is twenty. Ryan Reeves is twenty percent. He always goes in second whenever the centerman for the fourth line goes out. Maybe stop putting him in. Yeah, isn't Pacioretty like really really high for like the three times he's ever taken a faceoff? <laughs> yeah, forty four point eight this year. So no, not really yeah. really high. Uh. Mark Stone is at 35, so that's why he doesn't play center. <laughs> yep. Talks at 40, yeah. So. Yeah. Riley Smith is at zero. I don't know how many he's taken, but he has not won one. So, yeah. so do we want to talk uh, real quick about what we think is going to happen in the, the upcoming week of games? I mean, we have two versus San Jose and two versus the Kings. So, If you're counting Sunday, I said they go 3-1. Uh, and one. I think they go 3-0-1. Oh, I'm going to go three and one. I don't know which one the one is. I'm going to say three and one. I'm the only one to say overtime loss. I don't know. I, I, I realistically think they're probably losing one of the San Jose games. You're just not going to beat San Jose eight straight times this year. As bad as San Jose is, I think, you've already beat them. I think you've already beat them, what, four or five times? Three or four, right? Three times. Three times. Oh, it's only been three. Okay, that's right. Because yep. one of the games. Because yeah, one of them got postponed. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay, so you beat them three already, and none of them were really all that close. Um, and one of those three scheduled games is not this week, but I think it's the next week after that. Yeah, they moved the uh, Anaheim game for that. Uh, and you haven't lost to uh, the Kings yet. So I don't know. I, as much as I'd love them to just continue to, to power through, I, I think they probably lose one of the games. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was an overtime loss or if they just came out and laid an egg. I think one of the games they could just lay an egg. It's probably going to be the NBC game because, as Andrew pointed out, we, we suck at national games. Are we on an NBC game again? Yeah, yeah on Sunday. Next Sunday. It's, a, it's um, at noon, too, isn't it? Three. No, it's at three. It's at three. Will we got to record after or before? We can do it after. Why not do it during? Day after. You want to do it during? <laughs> Do it during the doing, like yelling at the at the screen, <laughs> like either celebrating or, or being sad during intermissions. You could record it during intermissions. You just cut it. Yeah, I mean, cut it. And then I'd be you fine. Could, you could do do a pregame, pregame, fifteen, uh, fifteen, and then wrap it up at the postgame. I like it. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's a uh, that's a weekly nightly first. <laughs> Yeah, we don't ever do live because uh, some of uh, our group can, doesn't. Watch we can do that. it eventually when uh, COVID is uh, over. Oh, for us all to get together? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I got. I I am vaccine, or I will be fully vaccinated by next month. So then I'm good. Then then it's then it's up to y'all. Well, I need to do that, but. They're opening it up for a lot more now. We don't need to go yeah. into that. Okay. Uh, okay. So we all think some level of we win three games. And then uh, anything else to talk about? Friday and Sunday on NBCSN. Okay. Is it Friday and Sunday? Oh, that's how it reads. I don't know if it is. No, I, I no, put it's just, it it's next just to Sunday. Sunday just for Sunday. All right, it's just enough. Sunday. Um, yeah. And I mean, so San Jose, I think Hurdle's going to be back. Sorensen's probably back by then, too. Um, so they're they're gonna have a couple more players than they had the last couple games. And I don't think we should take LA lightly. I mean, no. they have their moments. 
Yeah, and they, they randomly just decide to be like really good for one game, and then they I don't just don't think they can do it. Well, they had that six game win streak, like tied the league in well, longest win streak. Two, two, <laughs> what I, I don't know what happened. And what I think's really their point percentage is, is above five hundred. Yeah, yeah five thirty eight. What I yeah. think's funny is they've already even in it's this is probably the right um, path to take. They've come out and said, regardless how good we are, we are not adding. They're not trading any yet. They're not trying to get anything to add this year. They're just going to be as good as they can be and then continue to grow. So everybody thought Anaheim was going to be good because of their – no, Anaheim sucks. Like, the Kings are going to be a force, unfortunately, over the next three, four, five years. Like, they're going to continue to get better. Like Look at their – look at all the draft picks they have that are going to go into the league in the next few years. Yeah, that I reminds that, me of another thread, too, that somebody's it's like, well, who's going to be Vegas's rival in the future? I said L.A. Yeah, and, the Kings, and then people for sure. kind of push back on that. It's like, oh, they're, they're, they're terrible. It's going to be a long time before they're both good at the yeah. same time. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, no. <laughs> Next year, maybe the year after, because I could realistically see them putting a package together to go get Eichel. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, and players want to live in L.A. I mean, nobody's going to be like, if you're a millionaire and you're making that much money, you're like, okay, cool. Like, L.A. is a great place if you're, like, crazy rich. So, yeah. Speaking of and right, you don't have to worry I, about their shitload of taxes. Because you're yeah. crazy rich. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of rivals, I think we, there's something brewing with, with the other top three teams uh, in this division. With uh, cool. Even though they're going to move to a, the, uh, a different division next season. But I feel yeah, like. Yeah. And that's one thing, too. You don't have to be in the same division to have a rivalry with somebody. Yeah. No, we're, we're going to continue not to like the Blues or Colorado after this. Yeah. And even the Wild, too. I do believe you're going to see a different type of schedule next year, though. I don't think it's going to be as even as we all want it to be, which would be just you play your division, then you play three times against the Central, and then you play two times against everybody in the East. Yeah. I could see a bunch of a lot more division-heavy with two-game series in there because everybody think, talks about how much they like this. So I think you could probably play your division. I think times. they're going to add more conference games, right? Maybe. Conference, yeah. I think you move the yeah. three from the Central – from three up to four, you could do a couple mm-hmm. two-game series, and then you probably lose the East. You probably lose a couple of those games um, instead of playing. Well, you only play them twice anyway. Yeah, instead of them playing them twice, I think there will be teams you only play once. Yeah, and I, well, then they and just also, flip it every year. Yep, it's rotated and, every year. And from the they, they did that for a while back too, but yeah, it used to be a lot more back on it. Some fans push yeah. back on it. Well, yeah, I mean, how much would it twice. suck to not get Vegas to Toronto to come to Vegas, right? Like, you can't. Yeah, that's exactly why fans wanted to see every team at least once inside an arena. Yep. Yeah. So that's why I don't think that will happen. I, I, do I see more division play? Yes. Do I see playing the Eastern Conference still twice? Yes. So I'm thinking that you will play your, like, we will play the Central less often and do the. So you would three go from three more. games to two games? Or three to not maybe three to two because some central teams we played four times now maybe all of them will be three uh, with Seattle coming in I think it evens out yeah it does even out with it does but also I I do agree that they will play in more series within division mm-hmm. this coming yeah. season because I also see that the team owners are probably like well look at my bills for travel they're actually a lot more affordable yeah those big- yeah. The, and that's that's uh, more towards the playing the East, the other the other conference more because that's the travel is farther. Uh, so if they if we reduce the games going to the other conference, uh, that will save a lot more travel. Yeah, and it's going to be big trips to the other divisions. I think like like yeah. when they go to the East, they probably won't be back here for a month. Um, mm, yeah, I guess. 
I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm happy that we don't have to have uh, Arizona in this division anymore. I'm so curious how Seattle is going to look once the the draft. They did if they suck. They, they, I bet you they're still not going to shut up about having a a, 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 a expansion draft. Well, Vegas was rigged because they didn't have to pay Seattle, Ugh. or they didn't have to give us anything. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll still they'll still hate us instead. And they're always going to find some reason to hate on. Vegas just because of the supposed, it's, you know, rigging of the draft. and It's just because Vegas you know, is good. If Vegas is bad, nobody would care. I was going to say, like, exactly. they hate us because they're successful. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be a jerk, but if we went the 7-3 route, like, okay, Petrangelo, Shea, and who are you protecting? Hague or White Cloud? Like, I would just protect them. Actually, I don't, no, think, I don't no. think Hague would be eligible. I think it's yeah, White Cloud. I, I don't think White Cloud is eligible either. Okay, so then maybe it's Martinez. Okay, so yeah. big deal. And then you're seven. We already know that you're it's top six top plus seven. talk. Okay, so you – I mean, theoretically, I don't think Glass would be eligible either because he hasn't played enough. Because I think it's first – like, uh, so, for, you need to play at least two seasons, I think, right, or something like that. If, yeah, so who are you losing? Carrier, Reeves? I yeah. mean, you're not losing Colasar or uh, Flurry or Leonard. They, they would have con- – handled that a lot differently at that point if that was yeah. the case if if yeah. they, they probably wouldn't have yeah if they were eligible okay are they really taking flurry i doubt it. yeah <laughs> i would take flurry, especially the way he's playing right now still making seven million dollars like guys like as, for as one more as, year for one more I gotcha. year I gotcha. yeah i would definitely take flurry if i if, if that's the case if this like, expansion draft and you have to protect like either i'm gonna take one of the goalies they're gonna get paid with martin jones <laughs> no there's no chance there's no chance they take that. That is an amnesty buyout waiting for to happen. They're just please let them have amnesty buyouts again. So anyway, we don't need to go down that long rabbit hole. Yeah, so Seattle's, Seattle's going to be look beautiful on the ice. Their jerseys are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they have a really good year. So let's uh, go to our commercial break and then we'll uh, chat around about around the NHL and uh, and end for the day. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll be right back in just a minute. And uh, Eric, uh, we're sponsored by your your new office today, right? No, no, no. Got to keep that completely separate. Don't say anything. Cut that out. <laughs> hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. All right, now we're back. Still not sponsored by Eric, so. Nope. Got to keep it completely separate. Don't even know what you're talking about. We can be sponsored by candles or whatever the fuck you want to be sponsored by. Why you want to do the? Uh, you want to try to reach out to the? Offensive zone penalties. Oh, yeah, not taking offensive zone penalties. I like it. That's a good spot. Uh, around the NHL, Buffalo loses Eichel for the rest. It says possibly he's gone for the rest of the year, guys. They're, he uh, he will not be on Buffalo next year. Unfortunately, Buffalo is going to go into another full rebuild, tear down rebuild, and he will not be on that team. But Jeff Skinner will. 
<laughs> Jeff Skinner for sure will. That deal. Uh, yeah, I can't Jeff, move that deal. Jason Botterall went ahead and just said, hey. Guys, guys, Dylan Coughlin has more goals than Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, and Jeff Skinner. <laughs> Eichel has 18 points on the season. That's just insane. How, how does that coach not get fired? How does know. Ralph Kruger just continually, like, I mean. How do they not have... tear everything down, like you say? Management, coaching. Uh, the, 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 the GMs, I think this is his first year. They just fired Jason Botterill. Kevin Adams, I think is his name. It's his first year. So you're not firing Oh, yeah, him. that's right. That's right. So you're not firing him. But Kruger is most definitely – like, how is he not on the hook? You went out and got Taylor Hall. You, I think, added Mark – what, Stahl? Was it Eric Stahl or Mark Stahl? One of the Stahls. Eric Stahl. I think. Mark Stahl's in Detroit. Okay, so Eric Stahl. Um, they made another ad. Cody Eakin. Yes. That's right. The I biggest think, free agent signing I possible. Think that's, I think we found their problem. I think I – think, we just you just hit it on the spot. You just you just got it, Andrew. We figured it out. Uh, they need to fire uh, Kruger. Never want anybody to lose their job, but that coach is most definitely. And I feel bad because Eichel, God, he's like seven years in the league. He's absolutely one of the best centermen in, in the league, and there's no way he's there next year. So Buffalo right. fans, I'm very sorry. Uh, a friend of mine who's a big Buffalo Sabres fan sent me a text last night. Says, "Uh, I need a new hockey team, so I just sent her a picture of the standings." Like hey, here's Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> so, so let's let's think about this for a second here. Cody Eakin got traded to the Winnipeg Jets at the trade deadline. Pa- played with Patrick Line, and Line then demanded a trade. Now Cody Eakin signed with the Buffalo Sabers. Jack Eichel is going to demand a trade. And and think about this: once Cody Eakin left Winnipeg, Winnipeg is second place in the Scotia right now. <laughs> But also, that's because they replaced Cody Eakin with Paul Stastny. That's true. That's Buffalo true. and, and uh, Dubois. They got Dubois. Buffalo is actually worse than the league for point percentage. They are worse than Ottawa for point percentage right now. I mean, Ottawa's out there beating freaking Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah, worse they than Detroit. Else seems like. I mean, Detroit's over there beating Tampa. <laughs> well, that was their backup goalie, so but. Yeah, I mean, they still beat Tampa. So they're going to get the first overall pick in a draft where they've already said there's not a first overall pick. So congrats, Buffalo. That's 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 the funny part about the nah, Sharks, too, which is going to yeah, be Yeah, watch they do end up getting it. It but, won't be one of those teams that moves down. But that, that's the funny part about the Sharks, too, which is going to be a good segue for us. So the next, the next point is the Sharks having one of their worst seasons. They actually have their first-round pick, and the draft is very weak. Very weak. And <laughs> they can't scout it properly. Yeah, speaking of San Jose, is um, uh, there's talk about uh, Vander Kane's contract with San Jose might get voided because of his bankruptcy. There's a whole big uh, thing about that, and uh, and Eric Carlson saying that uh, he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. <laughs> but but Doug Wilson Sorry, did the Evander Kane thing down in an interview. Yeah, the, the Evander Kane thing won't happen, but currently you don't know if, as, yeah. as it gets further and they realize, okay, we're staring at a rebuild right in the face. Uh, Eric Carlson, I'm very sorry to break it to you. You are going to be involved in a rebuild. You are currently on a rebuild. And you, your He's currently the reason why they have to yes. rebuild because of that <laughs> shit contract. If you didn't want to rebuild, you shouldn't have taken $11.5 million. You should have left a couple million dollars from to do something else. So you're it's part on of the you, reason. Bud. 
Yeah, yeah you're. He, he, he says we need the build around the core to remain competitive. Uh, yeah, okay. The core, the core went out the door with Joe Pavelski. <laughs> the core is like 40 years old. The core. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, between Marlo Thornton and Pavelski, okay. I think the average age was like 50,000. <laughs> okay, let's talk build about around their core. Hurdle. Yeah, let's talk about their core. There's Hurdle, Couture. Couture is like 32. I... All 30, 30 also it's around their 30. Meyer. It, it's, it's, Couture, it's 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 hurdle and Meyer. Those are their younger quote unquote like mid-20s core. Everybody else is over 30. Yeah. What core are you talking about, Eric? Not uh, you. Not not you, Eric. That the tour <laughs> Kane 29. Timo Meyer's 24. Yeah. Hurdle's 27. So I don't know that he's really Yeah, I but mean, I mean 27. Okay, like, okay, but Mark Stone, years, Mark Stone is Mark Stone gotcha. is a core. But let's say three years down the road, hurdles all of a sudden 30, 30 years old. Are, are you really trying to build it? No, I think you try to get something for him. Meyer, I could understand keeping Meyer. Um, you definitely want to keep yeah. uh, Mario Ferrero, who's their young defenseman, who's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Really, everybody else needs to be on the trade block, like all of them. Yeah. If they want, the, if they can trade their contracts. I would trade Marchie yeah. for Hurdle, like now. <laughs> uh, I like Marchie, though, man. I like Hurdle. Yeah, but imagine Hurdle between Stone and Pacioretty. No, we already have he's, the perfect guy for Stone and Petrotti. Yeah. 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 Move talk up, put Hurdle down to the third line. Oh my God. Hurdle glass. Okay, we don't need to it's not gonna happen. <laughs> so it doesn't matter, but it's not gonna happen, yeah. Well yeah, the yeah, it's it's just uh like I said, like this they're they're gonna win the lottery and there's not a really good prospect. And then they I mean it's a weak draft. That's very weak draft. Yeah, and then it's hard, like you can't scout it, they're not playing any games in juniors. Uh you can probably scout the khl i don't know but you know the russian things uh are, are they playing games in europe right now other yeah. than the khl yeah, like the swedish yeah, league's been playing yeah so yeah the shl there, there's a german there's a lot of leagues playing though really the canada's the only leagues that aren't playing anymore yeah it but it's like it's still really hard to scout it because of the uh of the of covid you know you, you can't be there in person you can only scout it on tv so i it's 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 tough like the, these bottom teams, like Anaheim, Detroit, Ottawa, San Jose. Well, uh, a lot of these teams, though, they actually have scouts that are based in Europe too. Like Detroit's had a scout based in Sweden since forever. Yeah, but they are, are they allowed to go into the game? Yes. So, yeah, they are. are they? Oh, okay. Yeah, they never mind. Disregard what I said. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, can, can, you, can you just cut that? Can you? Can you, can you just? <laughs> no, we, we don't edit here. Oh, Carl. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'll, I guess take the next thing. Uh, so Kings goalie uh, Troy Grosnick is that is that how you say it? I uh, believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, get, gets his first victory in or gets the first victory in six years in 102 days versus Anaheim. So wait, the Kings had not won a game against Anaheim in that long. He personally oh. has not won a game. Oh wow, that's oh seems like a long time. Well, congrats, eight forever AHL buddy. Uh, I'm guessing. <laughs> Anaheim. Anaheim, think... worst team in, in the West by far. The uh, full rebuild, already, they're already in the middle of it, and I don't know how Bob Murray still has his job. I don't know how um, – the There was an emergency call-up for this guy because Peterson got in the COVID protocol, we... and, you know, Jonathan Quick is on IR. Yeah. And we're talking about the Kings so... being a, a good team in the future because I think Cal Patterson's – pretty good yeah he's very good he's very good yeah like jonathan quick is on his uh, on on uh, on on the uh other side of his career i think he's on uh 
Quick's still got but... two years beyond this one, and yeah. Kyle Peterson is 26, so he's not that yeah. young, huh? Peterson, that's like, pretty young for a goalie. That's his. Yeah, goalies. Yeah. yeah. But Peterson, Their prime UC is 27. And yeah. that's why they let, they let Jack Campbell go to Toronto, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And Cal Peters is going to be the future uh, starter for that team. Uh, Quick is going to be the backup if if they unless they move his contract. But yeah, I, I've seen Cal Peterson play a few times. Uh, he's he's good. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a he his goals against average is right over two point six uh, in his career in the NHL, and his save percentage is is over nine twenty. So yeah, he's I mean, yeah, he's only played thirty five games or whatever, but. That's good stats for for a, young, a younger guy. Thirty five over three over three years. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Kings are necessarily worried about their future goaltending right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and all I right. Just, it just goes apart when we say that the Kings are going to be good in like two years, dude. It's yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's go on to our, our our last point here and the biggest news. Ah, wrong! I forgot about the advertisement coming up. Oh, guys, I don't want to get sued by whoever that is. Brought to you by whoever that was. And the advertisement won't let me skip it. Is, is that the, the Winnie Houston song? I'm guessing he was trying to play the ESPN. There it is. There you go. It really is the best NHL music. Like. Is that, is Funny, that... We're going to get so much uh, Stephen A. Smith talking about hockey, and the dude doesn't know anything about hockey so congrats play, play that louder i'm gonna do that cat meme the bopping cat meme like <laughs> stupid advertisement <laughs> but anyway yeah so espn and the league announced a seven-year deal worth 2.8 billion uh nhl.tv is moving to espn plus uh they'll host the stanley cup final four out of those seven years and whoever gets the other side of the contract that's still being negotiated with either be NBC effort Fox is in uh, negotiations with, with as well too. Uh, they'll get one of the conference finals each year and half of the first and second rounds uh, 75 uh, national games per year, which will also end up in ESPN plus or Hulu. Uh, and then the main reason why they're ESPN really wanted the NHL.tv package is because viewership amongst uh, the age group of 18 to 48 is up 30 percent this season and younger groups uh, below that are up double digits and as we know that younger age group is tech savvy people well yeah, yeah. The, i just i hope they change the way that they do blackouts but i i know they won't they're not they're not going to so okay hold on For, the league kind of controls blackouts too we even on this as we talk about it we've talked shit about espn but make no doubt about it this is the best possible outcome for the NHL because yeah. if you're a rights holder, which ESPN now is going to be, they will start talking about it again. But right now, a week ago, you turned on ESPN, you turned on First Take or Around the Horn or Pardon the Interruption or any of their shows. Hockey was never talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the sport didn't fucking exist. Now, next year, whenever the season starts, they'll lead with it. They'll talk about it. It'll be big when they have that primetime game that night. Cause it's going to be one night a week. That's the only, that's to me, the only downside is there's only one nationally on ESPN one night a week. The other ones will be on ESPN yeah. plus or Hulu or some sort of streaming service. So it's not going to be readily available as it should have been in my opinion. 
but they'll lead with it. They'll talk about it. It's, this is huge for the league. Hopefully they can start to climb out and not be thought of as the fifth or sixth most talked about sport. And they're going to bring back their uh, ESPN or NHL tonight uh, weekly or daily show as well too, or nightly show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and NFL live still happens every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a few things other than uh, that viewership and the eyeballs. It's also the money that they got from this. This deal is like, I think it's like four times as big as the last deal they got. It's currently twice as big yearly because they currently got a 10-year, $200 million a year, but that was for all of NBC. Mm-hmm. So you've doubled that for just half of your package. You still yeah. have the other half of the package that you can go yeah. sell. So it's and, it's growing. And and then that, that money goes to, although they're not going to see it as uh, uh, as soon as... It's hockey, it's hockey related. Right? Yeah, it's, it's going to go... No, no, but it, because of escrow, they're not going to see it... Uh, Oh, four your salary caps. They've already yeah, said this, your salary caps flat for the next four years. Yeah. So eighty-one point five. Get used to it. But after that, it's going to skyrocket because of this. It's it's uh it's going to be huge. And the the contracts that we said are troublesome. It's gonna it's not going to look as bad because uh, of that. Over the next four years. Over oh, the next I mean, four years. Sure, yeah. Sure. So, sure. Yeah, Carlson, yeah. Eric Carlson's the last. You guys hear four? The most I heard was two or three. Uh, um, what's his name? What's the? Why can't I think of uh, Batman? came out it was i think two or three days ago they they asked about that they said okay this is going to really help and he's like no 81.5 is your is your salary cap for the next four years yeah the escrow is gonna they're, uh, they're murdered by escrow escrow's yeah. way they're, they're they're in big big trouble because but of the, but either way the league is getting all that money uh especially the owners is going to be happy with this especially the, with the money they're losing this season because they did say that they are losing but that's that's another the reason why they wanted uh, this, se- this season to be played because if, even though they're losing money because they know that the money in the future is going to be there because yep. of this deal uh, and this deal wouldn't happen if this season wasn't played so it was it was a, a huge a risk. Yeah. yeah well because um, currently NHL is already on ESPN plus they already paid like a hundred million dollars for a certain number of games last year and this year and that to Dave's point there helps drive some simulcasting yeah yeah well, and also let's let's all be honest. Like without Doc on NBC, nobody wants to hear anybody talk there anyway. I think NBC is going to get the other half, though. Yeah, yeah, but I still I, think I'm, so. I'm okay with it not being all just NBC because yeah. I just they they're really annoying to listen to. NBC didn't. I, to, but in the, my like opinion, Eric said though the biggest thing is is just getting them to talk about hockey again on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the biggest things as well too. Uh, uh, I mean, has, you, have, have, very have rarely you, you had shows. Go ahead. Somebody go. No, never mind. But, oh, you, my God. All right, we're done. You were saying very rarely you had shows. Very, very rarely did they have, ever talk about, uh, about hockey on their shows. Um, like PTI would every once in a while, around the horn, very rarely since they lost their contract. I used to watch those shows all the time until they, ESPN started turning into crap. And then I haven't watched ESPN and God knows how long probably since nbc had the contract anyway but it's just getting that talk out there is going to be a big thing more people be hearing things about it more people get interested into it and you get more fans out of it yeah espn is still the, the key in america for sports like during the day right like have any of you ever turned on nbcsn during the day to watch any sort of sports show no i don't even know that they have them i think they talk about premier league soccer most of the time during the day so they yeah, have racing on there once in a while too. Yeah, 
and ESPN, as much as we make fun of them, they are still has the biggest eyeball eyeballs in, in America. Like we make fun of them because of, but they have viewers. They, you, you know, and this is good for hockey overall. Yeah. Very good. Not only now we get to make fun of Pierre Maguire, we get to make fun of Barry Merrill's. <laughs> and Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> I hope they bring Gary Thorne back. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we are about to we're we're approaching Sinbin length for this podcast, so we're gonna end it here. Um, so yeah, we'll be back. Uh, not even close to their length. Yeah, we're at ninety minutes. That's, that's not even close to their their listenership either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting close, so um, I gotta go back to work. So thanks everybody for uh, for listening here, and we'll uh, be back next week. See you. Ba-da-da, ba-da-da. <laughs>